Hello listener and welcome to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Thank you so much for finding time to join me. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mang. Pastor Kigondo Ndege is on standby with the family segment today. He will talk about infidelity, affairs of the heart. Pastor Prosin Nanga will also be joining us during the Bible segment today. She will talk about the blessed hope. Stay tuned for this and some songs to change store for you. Here's a song, Suluwe by Capstone Ministers. Now 
wasigu, lona wasigu, dapon kure nikech inna lwanda na adira yesu. Inna kuwana, inna lwanda na, inna kumbana, inna lwanda na, inna tacha. to you from Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Get ready to listen to Pastor Kigundu.
Dear listener, I want to welcome you to our Abundant Life series based on John 10 verse 10 where Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. This fullness of life involves also our marriages. Today I want us to talk about infidelity, affairs of the heart, part one. It was devastating were the first words she replied when I asked Julie about her divorce. Of course the divorce was difficult to handle, but it was actually the deception of the affair that really tore me apart. After only three years of marriage, Julie learned that her husband John had begun having an affair that had been going on right under her nose for at least six months. I was so angry, she explained. I felt violated, humiliated, and really, really, really stupid for ignoring all the signs. I experienced a full range of emotions when I learned about the affair. But the feeling that was totally foreign to me was the desire to hurt someone or something. I am not a violent or angry person by nature, Julie assured me. But suddenly I was so angry that I lashed out at anyone that came anywhere near me. Since John wasn't around, Julie admits, I took my anger out on my friends, my children, and my co-workers. Then when the people who were left behind wouldn't tolerate my anger any longer, I began taking it out on myself. Julie isn't alone. Jane, a manager of a local retail store, simply said, Honestly, I just wanted to kill him. Gerard, whom everyone believed to have the perfect marriage for almost 20 years, adamantly stated, The affair was the ultimate betrayal. I'll never trust anyone again. Of the people interviewed for this article, the comments maintained a common thread of betrayal, loneliness, and distrust. Julie admitted, In a time when I needed people the most, I pushed them away. As things progressed, I started to realize that if I was wrong about trusting my spouse, then who else was I wrong about? I got to the point where every relationship I had was severely affected because of my inability to put my trust in anybody else. Julie never dreamed that the list of the people she could not trust would ultimately include herself. Let me tell you, Julie stressed, This world is impossible to operate in with a total inability to trust your own judgment. When you go through this type of betrayal, you lose your direction and the results have some pretty severe consequences. But you see, we also need to look at the children of affairs. Unfortunately, another common thread within the people interviewed for this article was the ability to tell themselves, Hey! Children are just children, right? They are young, they bounce back, and they don't really understand everything that's going on anyway. Amazingly, nearly every individual I spoke with admitted that while they were going through the hell of the extramarital affair, either discovering or being discovered, they found it easier to tell themselves the above statement about their children, despite the fact that they knew it to be completely untrue at the time. 
If I could go back, Gerard explains, I would have tried more to help my children cope with the pain that my wife's affair had on all of us. But I was so focused on my own pain during the divorce that it was hard to focus on anyone else. Gerard's son Jason, now a 21-year-old victim of his own parents' bitter divorce states, marriage is stupid. You just wind up choosing someone else down the road anyway. Not surprisingly, many children are affected just as dramatically as the parents when a divorce ends due to an extramarital affair. The lessons these children learn from their parents' actions are scary. How to lie, how to deny problems, how to be selfish, and ultimately, how to never trust. The feeling of betrayal extends to all participants of a divorce due to a cheating spouse. Is there any wonder why children of affairs and divorce have a hard time with future relationships? Now let us uh, look and explore this issue. Why do spouses cheat? According to the local family counselor Jeff Paziel, he said, Most people don't actually want to have an affair. Spouses cheat for a variety of reasons, with a big reason being boredom in their marriage. What seems amazingly contradictory to Paziel's statement is a series of well-known surveys conducted between 1990 and 2002 by the University of Chicago, which revealed 30% of all adults who say that their marriage is not too happy report having an extramarital affair. 17% of all adults who say their marriage is pretty happy report having an extramarital affair. And a surprisingly 10% of all adults who say their marriage is really happy also admit to having an affair. So, with over 50% of the participants of this survey admitting to extramarital affairs, it's hard to believe that having an affair isn't a conscious decision-making process. So, if people don't actually want to have an affair, why do these affairs actually happen? Today's marriage takes work, Dr. Paziel says. There are many factors in today's society that influence the success of a marital relationship. Many people cheat because they do not intend not to. To avoid affairs, he says, we must have strong boundaries in place to avoid sharing too many intimate details with friends or co-workers. In other words, cheating for many is more about not having a plan on how not to cheat. Shelley Glass, a well-known psychologist who strove to redefine the nature of infidelity prior to her death in October 2003, wrote articles, books, and appeared on television programs to examine how the emotional intimacy of the workplace and the Internet have led even people in successful marriages to slip into emotional intense relationships that could easily lead to affairs. Dr. Glass said that if these intense relationships did not lead to sex, they were a threat to marriages and part of what she termed the new crisis of infidelity. The reason, she said, is that the emotional intimacy with a friend gradually almost invisibly supplants that with the spouse. So, how do we avoid the betrayal? 
As many of us already know, life is not a fairy tale. For Cinderella, you know, the first kiss was all it took, and the relationship then lasted for hundreds of decades. But for those of us in today's complicated world, we are still looking for the magic answer to keeping our marriages alive. In researching this article, it became glaringly obvious that the answer to a successful marriage isn't really as complicated as one might expect. And the answers may just be in looking at what made your marriage happen in the first place, the dating period. Can you honestly say to yourself, my list of priorities during the dating period with my spouse is exactly the same today as it was then? One defined courting as to pay courts to, to flatter with solicitors overtures in an attempt to obtain something. You see, today's dating has become similar to a cat and mouse chase, where once caught, it is soon determined by many that the chase is over. And therefore, dear listener, to maintain a successful and happy marriage, it's important to realize that the dating etiquette isn't just for dating anymore. It's also for keeping marriages in bloom. Keeping a marriage positive, having needs met, making your spouse your best friend, having fun together, and keeping an even balance between talking versus listening with your spouse are an important deterrence to extramarital affairs. Dear listener, in today's hectic and advanced world, it is more important than ever to keep your marriage fresh and alive. Your spouse should be your best friend, you are confident and the one person that you know you can trust. Attuned to Adventist Soul Radio, the voice of hope. This is your presenter, Samuel Mangin. A producer would love to have your thoughts about this program. Please send them to the producer, Adventist Soul Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00100, Kenya. Or email us through awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Let us now listen to Capstone Ministers with the song, Technologia.
Tazame ni dunia Hata waku wanashangaha Sasa tuende wapi Bitu biatisha Wana sayansi Waangalia waseme dumi Wamekuwa kubu Kusikitiko Tazame ni dunia Hata waku wanashangaha Sasa tuende wapi Bitu biatisha Wanasayansi, waangalia, waseme nini, wamekuwa bubu, nisikitiko Bata nini mfanya nini, hamtajua unabihu, nilazima mthibitishe kwa maandiko Na sasa je, teknolojia ya tupeleka wapi, imefika likomo Nini mfanya nini, hamtajua unabihu Nilazima mthibitishe kwa maandiko Na sasa je, teknolojia ya tupeleka wapi Imefika kikomo It is another opportunity to get some spiritual nourishment from Pastor Prosi Nanga. Welcome, Pastor. 
God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, no crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. What a blessed hope. Through Christ's promise, we have an ending hope. It was the promise of Christ's return that sustained the disciples in the first century. The same hope sustained the Adventist believers in the 1840s. The same hope keeps our faith today, waiting for his glorious appearance. The promise of a time when there will be no more pain, no more death, is a special comfort to all. For in this world of sin, there is no permanent family cycle. Inevitably, it is a broken circle. So sometimes the path seems dark and dreary, that delighted where one cannot see. The heart is filled with a longing from pain and sorrow to be free. Uncertain is near, and one is faced with sinfulness more than he could fear. There is a blessed hope, hope in the coming of our Lord to take us home. There is hope beyond the Calvary tears, beyond all the darkness and troubles of the present moment, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, the heavens where righteousness shall dwell. This hope is grounded and rooted on the promises of God, and therefore it is a living hope. Christian hope is more than simply a wish for the future. It is the desire and expectation of the coming of our Lord. It's often easier to say you have hope than to actually hope. Not until we actually desire for salvation and expect to obtain salvation, we are having hope. And hope is no good unless we actually use it. This hope sprang up with God's appeal to man's heart. By inoculating the plan of salvation, God placed before the fallen humanity the hope of restoration to the divine presence. It was because God devised the plan of salvation that hope was possible for the fallen man. Hope is like a rope which is let down to a drowning man. How foolish of him to debate the intentions of one throwing it down or even to question its strength. The perishing one takes hold of the blessed hope and finds that it sustains him and brings him to Christ. Now, listener, do you have hope or do you just wish to be there? Are you motivated by the blessed hope of his soon return? My prayer is that we should plan to be there and we should desire and expect to receive Jesus Christ when he comes to take us. Next time, our study will be Jesus, our hope. That brings us to the end of our program for today. I hope that you've been blessed. I'd like to have your views, comments, or questions about this program by writing to the producer, Adventist World Radio, PO Box 42276, code 00100Nairobi, Kenya, or email us through awrnairobi.ek.adventist.org. Yes,